Let's all stand together. Hallelujah. Let's all pray. Amen. Jesus, we are so thankful this morning, Lord, for your many blessings upon us. We thank you for this service this morning. We thank you for the service that has already been had here in the auditorium. We ask you to bless all the Sunday school classes and all the children, young people at this time, God, all the sessions that are in place. We ask you to bless this class, bless each and every one of us, Lord. In my precious name we praise you. Amen. God bless you. This morning is Mother's Day, and I'm not teaching our Bible lesson, but I have asked my daughter, uh, Sister Denise Johnson, to be your teacher here this morning. Sister Johnson, as most of you already know, is the principal of Anderson Elementary School in Rockledge, Illinois. She has been the longest principal of that school uh, since she became principal there and uh, was elected one year as the most favored principal of the year. And uh, she's done a great job at that school. She knows children. She understands them. She understands motherhood especially well, being not only a mother but also a grandmother. And uh, I have asked her to come and speak to you here today. So and she, I'm going to ask her to come if you would. And uh, as you're seated, she's coming to receive the mic here, and she'll be talking to you here today. God bless you. be seated. Thanks, Dad, for giving me this opportunity. It's an honor to sit at my dad's table and teach you today. So um, happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers. If you're a mother or if you have served in the role of a mother in some way, please stand. All right. God bless our mothers. Thank you. You may be seated. So when you have to take care of an infant and raise them to adulthood, there's a lot of sacrifices that you have to make. So today I'm going to be talking about praising moms. And this is dedicated to all of our mothers. But I think there's something, and I hope there's something in this lesson today that we can all use because we all have a mother or had a mother. We all know a mother. And most of you are mothers. I'd like for you to look at Proverbs 31. I think you know that Proverbs 31 is recognized and there's actually companies that are named Proverbs 31. There's programs on the radio called Proverbs 31 because it's recognized as a standard for a virtuous woman. So that's going to be the, the passage of scriptures that I'm going to use today. And um, if you can vacillate between the PowerPoint and the scriptures, I would appreciate that. We're going to start at Proverbs 31, 10, and we're going to do a study of the virtuous woman and looking at moms, kind of comparing and contrasting all of those traits. 
So as we read through Proverbs 31.10 through the end of the chapter, I want you to kind of create in your mind a movie. Just kind of create a mind movie of this woman. It may appear to be someone you know, or you may think of several people as we read through it. But think about the traits, and then we're going to talk about them and how mothers display them. Proverbs 31.10. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She's resourceful. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. Willingly. She seeketh, I'm sorry, she is like the merchant's ships. She bringeth forth food from afar. She goes grocery shopping. (laughs) Not something we all enjoy. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands, she planteth a vineyard. Wow. A virtuous woman is industrious, isn't she? She manages the money to buy the field. And she herself plants the vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. Sounds like she does some workouts. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. That means she believes in the product that she's delivering. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She gives to others, and it's a sacrifice to give because she's reaching and stretching to do that. She is not afraid of the snow. Of course, she doesn't live in Florida, right? Well, we'll just say of the cold. (laughs) For her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. That's fine clothing. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. She looks mighty fine too, doesn't she? Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. That means there's honor there and respect. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom. That's not idle talk, right? That's not condemning. That's not cursing. That's wisdom. And in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household 
and eateth not the bread of idleness. No time for eating bonbons and watching bonbons, excuse me, and watching soap operas, right? Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. That is the virtuous woman. But there's so much in that passage that addresses motherhood. So I want us to kind of think about, as we go through this lesson today, how we can compare that virtuous woman to a mom. So I was reading and came across a survey that was conducted of 25 random people. And the question was, what do you admire most about your mother? Now, these were not celebrities, and and these were not people that are famous that we know. These were just random people that could write about their mom. So I read all 25. Some of them were longer than others. And I looked for the common traits. Now, these are not people that I know. And they may not necessarily be Christian people. They were just identifying what they admire most about their mother. And so I put all of those together, and I'm going to share them with you today. They're going to fly in one at a time, whoever's operating the PowerPoint. Thank you. So the first one is her unconditional love. And we go to the next, no, I guess they're not flying in. I'm sorry. We need to go back to the first one. I had them doing fly-ins, but I guess they're not. Can you do that as a fly-in? We should be on the second slide. So her unconditional love, I'm going to go ahead and read through them. Her discipline, how she earns respect, her trust in me. How she excels, how she gives back, her wisdom, her humility, her strength. How many of you can identify with some of those attributes when you think about admiring your mother? All right. So let's look at that last one, her strength. And then let's look back at Proverbs 3117, if you can put that on the screen. It says, she girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth, strengtheneth her arms. Another verse in Proverbs is Proverbs 20, 31, 30, 25. 
I think you're in Proverbs 3. It should be Proverbs 31, 17, and then Proverbs 31, 25. If you could put those up on the screen. There we go. All right. I just read that one. And the next one is Proverbs 31, 25. So strength and honor are her clothing. I mean, she wears it. Wherever she goes, she is recognized as a strong person. And she shall rejoice in her time to come. That means she doesn't always get credit for that strength, does she? It may be coming. So wearing strength is tough. And Brother Veely, I see you here with your mother, and she is 100 years old. I think she needs to stand. Can she stand? 100 years old. And if I'm correct, I believe I'm safe in saying that um, her husband passed away early on and the children were young. Tom, were you seven? And so she raised her family as a single mom. And that was tough. And she raised them in the church. And hats off to you, Sister Beale. Now, I don't even know if she weighs 100 pounds. But she's 100 years old. And that is one strong lady. To do what she has done. Strength. She wears that strength wherever she goes. That's why it's always important to open the doors for all those ladies, gentlemen. Honor that strength. Their bodies may be failing, but there's a strength that they wear every day. I remember my mom modeling strength for me. And sometimes it's unintentional. Sometimes it may be intentional that a mom models strength. But this was one of those times that she was just trying to help me out. I was in college, so this was back in the late 70s. And I was working on my bachelor's degree at that time. And I was up against a wall. We didn't have computers back then, for all you youngins. We had typewriters. And when you were typing a paper, if you made a mistake, you had to get this goofy little white stuff and put it in there. How many of you remember that? All right. I've got some colleagues here. And so I had a time frame. I was juggling quite a bit. And my mother said, how can I help? And I said, can you type this paper, Mom? I've got it written out. I just need you to type it. We had to type very carefully because there was no autocorrect for sure. And so she sat down and started typing. And she kept typing. And I was getting everything else together for a presentation I was having to do in college. And then we got the paper. 
it wasn't printed. You know, you just pull it out of the typewriter. <laughs> it was ready to go, and it looked wonderful. She was a wonderful typist and a wonderful mom, of course. And she said, why don't I drive you to college so that you can eat breakfast? She was showing me that she was there to help and that she was strong and that the, the task could be accomplished. Because if, at one point or another, I think I was like, oh, I don't know if I can get this done. I don't know if I can do this. You can do it. Modeling strength. My mom's a very strong person and has modeled strength. But she was showing me a little bit of how to multitask. She was showing me a little bit of how to delegate <laughs> and let someone else do something for you so that you can do what you need to do. Thank you, Mom. So let's look at the next slide of the PowerPoint. It starts with her diligence. All right. So here are some other things they said. I admire my, what I admire most about my mother is her diligence, her dedication. She inspires me. Her passion to do new things. That has to be modeled. Her sense of humor. She instilled in me the sense of right and wrong. She is brave. She is resilient. Children are always watching their mothers. You teach your children and grandchildren in what you do, how you react to situations. And the last one on this slide is, she is helpful to everyone. Well, now think back on the passage that we read in Proverbs 31. Do you see some commonalities there? You see some traits that are the same? So she's helpful to everyone. Let's look at Proverbs 31, 20. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. Well, you may think that those are two of the same, but they're not. People who are poor may have a need of some sort. Maybe they're just going through a difficult time. But the needy can be anyone. Anyone and everyone has points of need. The needy can be those that cannot take care of something for themselves at this point in their life. It may be emotional. It may be financial. There's so many other ways that people have needs. But this is showing us a virtuous woman. And this is something that was admired most in this survey of 25 random people. That she's reaching out to help others. So why do you do that, ladies? Why do you reach out as a virtuous woman and as a mother to help others? It's a rhetorical question, but I'll attempt to answer it for you. Because you care. You want to demonstrate caring and loving to your own children. 
And when you recognize a need and you know that there's something you can do, although you have to stretch, you have to reach to be able to do it, you still do it. It's a purposeful act when you are reaching to the poor and stretching to help the needy is purposeful. I'd like to give an example of one of my friends, Lisa Veely. In this church, she is second mama to a lot of children. Lisa, we're recognizing the Veelys today. Raise your hand, so just in case someone doesn't know you. She usually has a child on her hip. And she is always looking for the point of need. Early on, when I first met Lisa, she told me her love gift. And some of you may know what that is. There, there was a, um, a book published several years ago on what your love gifts are. How do you show love through gifts? And she said, mine is service. So I kept that in my mind. That to serve others is the way that she shows them that she loves them. And so Lisa looks for a point of need. Here is a mama who wants to sing in the choir, but she has very young children. So what can I do to help her? I can watch her children so that she can sing in the choir. Now that's just fulfilling a need. But she has found a way and a place to be of value. My mother, as a counselor, began her career long before she had her doctorate's degree. My mother was counseling people as a pastor's wife before she even attended college. God gave her a lot of wonderful experience, experiences in being a counselor. But she started reaching out to the needy early on and finding ways to help them as a counselor. And then she went to college and became Dr. Myers. And even though she is aging and getting up in years, she's still counseling. She's still reaching and stretching to help those that are in need. And I admire that about you, Mom. Thank you. So we'll go to the next slide and we'll look at a few more traits that were in that random survey of 25 people. So the first one is she balances so much such as taking time to give us advice, doing things for the church, working and taking care of her family. And I copied that straight out of the survey. So there's a balancing there. That's the right word, balances. Us, I assumed, was her children to give us advice and to do things for the church. And then, of course, working and taking care of her family. That's a lot, Mom. How many moms in this class today have done that? Raise your hands. Hi. 
There you go. Look at that. Absolutely. That's a lot of balancing, isn't it? My mother works tirelessly and reminds me of my blessings. She never cuts corners in preparing food for our family. That was kind of interesting because the, the, the lady who, or the gentleman, I'm not sure who it was, that wrote this one said she learned how to cut corners in other ways to stretch the dollar, but she never cut corners on our food. She cooked with real butter. <laughs> she made the most delicious and delightful dishes. That was her way of giving back to her family and saying, you're important to me and I value you. She has high standards. She is selfless. She is loving. She is a strong pillar to our family. So I'd like for us to look at Proverbs 31, 21. And let's read that verse. She is not afraid of the snow, or we'll say the cold, for her household. For all her household are clothed with scarlet. Why is she not afraid? Why is the virtuous woman, this wonderful mother, not afraid for her household? Because she prepared ahead of time. She planned, right? The kids already have their scarlet clothing, if you look at this verse. It wasn't a last-minute thing. She's not afraid because she has a plan in place. And there are scary times for moms. I remember when my daughter Michelle went through a horrific, traumatic situation when her daughter's father had cardiac arrest. And so she had to step in, but she had to be the pillar for the family. And she, for a year and a half, drove him to Orlando for work each day and drove back until he said, I can do it now. For a year and a half, she drove him to work every day. She had to be a pillar. Moms have to be pillars for families. I remember my own mother saying to my dad, I need to buy Denise a couple of coats. Winter is coming. She needs a coat for school and she needs a coat for church. And so she decided to take a position, I don't know if it was part-time, I think it may have been, at a dry cleaners. She saw it advertised. Was it part-time, Mom? And she was just saving money. Now, you may say, well, what about clothing? Well, she sewed all of my clothes. The only clothes, I think, that at that time in my life that I had that were store-bought were shirts. 
But skirts and dresses, she sewed them all. And just just for the record, a bit of off-topic trivia, there were times when she sewed my brother, Pastor Myers, a suit, sewed a dress for me, sewed a dress for her, and a dress for my Barbie doll, all in the same print. I don't know, Mom, if we have any of those pictures. But she was quite a seamstress and spent a lot of time preparing clothes, but she did not make coats. So she went to work part-time to get me two coats. I will never forget that, Mom. I loved both of those coats. The one I wore to school was green corduroy, and the one that I wore to church was brown and white with a fur collar. Beautiful. But you know what? It's back to this verse. She wasn't afraid of the cold and the snow that was coming. She made a way for her household to be clothed. So we'll go back now to the, the um, PowerPoint. And this is our last slide on the random survey of 25 people. So what do you admire most about your mother? Her energy. She supports me in my dreams. She gracefully balances work and her family life. She makes sure we are taken care of and feel appreciated. She has taught me to persevere and accomplish something no matter where I am in life. Her values set the bar for what I strive for in life. She is hardworking kind and puts us ahead of herself how many of you have been impacted by a mother or a virtuous woman who displayed those traits for you raise your hand aren't we blessed to have someone in our life that did that so look at that last one she's hardworking, kind and puts us ahead of herself Proverbs 31:26 is the verse I want us to look at for that one. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. Kind. It's important that moms be kind. The law of kindness I'm not sure what that law is, but we need it in America. The law of kindness. When you think of your mom, you should think of kindness. I can tell you as a public school administrator for 19 years, I don't always see kindness. I don't see kindness from the parents all the time, and I don't see kindness from the students. They say that the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. And what that means is what you're modeling for children is the way they will become. Hopefully, by the grace of God, for those children that have been in abusive homes, they will find grace and be able to make a change. The law of kindness. 
And the next verse, verse 27, she looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. That goes back to that comment that that surveyor said. She's hardworking, kind, and puts us ahead of herself. Being a mom is a selfless kind of job. You have to put your children ahead of yourself so many times. Times that they don't even realize that you are sacrificing for them. So let's think about that last verse. She looketh well to the ways of her household. What are the ways of the household? And why does it matter? Well, think about your household. If you're a mother of young children, you know life gets crazy. Yes, you are balancing quite a bit. And it's difficult. But the ways of your household, it means that you have your house in order. Yes, you have a time for things. Yes, you have chores. Yes, one of my favorite line, lines that my daughter says that she uses now with her daughter, everything has a home. If it doesn't, it doesn't belong in the house. Find the home for this thing. Right? It's the ways of the household. We do have to clean. We do have to cook. It's just part of the ways of the household, right? So a virtuous mom tends to her household. So I know you're probably wondering about the title. Praising mom. So I want to go back to Proverbs 31. I want to start at the last verse. Proverbs 31, 31. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. So this is saying, if I'm reading it correctly, her works praise her. Well, the very works can't cry out the praise, right? So it's our job. It's our job to praise moms. Her works will let you know. So if you're a child, make sure you praise mom for all her works. The word praise is an interesting word. Because usually when we think of praise, we're thinking of praising God. So in the Bible, I found 216 verses that had the word praise. Only six of them outside of Proverbs 31 mentioned praise in a different context than praising God. So that means 210 out of the 216 verses were about praising God 
Or for these three verses, praising moms, praising the virtuous woman. I think it was intentional. It doesn't mean that we worship moms like we worship God. But we should praise them. We should strengthen them. I'm sure if Sister Veely could share with us this morning, she would tell you she's been supported along the way. She's been praised. One hundred years. And her children have praised her. But her works have praised her as well. Because the works are evident in the children. Now, I know there are children that moms have invested a lot into. And they may not always make the same choices that their mom made. Or they may not always make godly choices. But everything that a mother invests in a child stays with them. And that's scripture. Because the Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go, and they will not depart from it. You know why they can't depart from it? It's here. The voice of mom is coming back to them, right? They hear mom speaking. Oh, I know. My mother would have said, and even on the outside, if they're not making good choices, they haven't departed from mom's words because they're silently resounding in their minds. Her works will give her credit. The next verse, how can moms be praised? I'd like for you to look at Proverbs 31, 28. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also. And he praiseth her. Guess what? That's the only scripture in the Bible that has the word praiseth. There's only one. So husbands, you have a responsibility here. Praiseth means ongoing, ongoing praise. Praiseth. So not only do her children rise up and praise her and call her blessed, her husband also, he praiseth her. Because there's times, and all moms know this, the kids have no idea of what you've done for them and maybe how to thank you. But your husband knows. He should know. And he should recognize it. He's been right there through all the diaper changing, through all the temper tantrums, right? Through all the teenage years. He was there. So, husbands, you've got a responsibility too. You should not only be praising your own mother, but praise that mother who raised your children.
And some of you may ask, well, how do we do that? How do I praise my wife for her motherhood? I'll tell you about my dad. I'll tell you how he did it. He was a good example. It's a technique that I didn't know about until I was in college called earshotting. He praises her to us as children. He still does this in front of her. And this is how it works. You know, Denise, I married the best woman. She's sitting there, but he's not talking to her. He's talking to me. It's earshotting. In other words, she's hearing it because we're talking about it. He knows that she's in the audience, but he's not talking to her. He's praising her. You know, Denise, I remember when you were a little girl and she had 50 cents. And she wanted to go out to the store. And all she could afford, well, 50 cents, even back in the day when I was a baby, was a little bit more than it is today, but not a whole lot. Not a lot to go shopping with, right? But she wanted to get a bonnet. I didn't have hair, I guess, at that time. She wanted to get a bonnet for me. And so she took that 50 cents that she had and went out and bought me a bonnet. Now, my dad has told me that story. He's told me about the time she dashed out and he was, she dashed out and he was watching me. Why is he telling me those stories? He's bragging on my mother. She's always been so dedicated, Denise. She loves you. What is she, what is he doing? He's praising mom, but he's doing it so that she can hear it. And so that I know, and she knows that he admires her and what she has given and sacrificed to be my mother. So don't forget to earshot in front of your kids and say, you know what, Susie Q, you have the best mother in the world. Did you know that she went out today and spent $15 on a special gift for you? And it was a sacrifice for her, but she is so excited about this gift that she's going to be giving you for your birthday. The last slide. How can moms be praised? Well, let's look at Proverbs 31:30. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. So yes, her works can praise her. Yes, her family can praise her. But as God's people, we all have a responsibility to praise our moms. They're not always going to get praise out in the world. There are some very different kinds of parenting, and I think I've seen them all in the 38 years that I have been in education. So a godly mother, wow. A mother who feareth the Lord, she should be praised by God's family, God's people. We all have an obligation 
to praise our moms. So to summarize on the last slide, when you think of moms today and hopefully going forward, you'll give them praise. Whenever you meet them, recognize the works. Let her works praise her. Let her family praise her. And let God's people praise her. When you see a mom, give her praise. Thank you. You've been a wonderful audience.